Good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. And yes, welcome to my new podcast. We are broadcasting now, or podcasting, I should say, on anchor.fm. Yes, I have decided to move on from Blog Talk Radio. And so today we are going to begin the new revamped show. And I want all of my listeners to know that you can hear this show by visiting social media as usual. I will be up updating and uploading all of the podcasts every week on, on Facebook and Twitter, as well as some other social media. You all also can hear me on Spotify. That's right, Spotify. So today's show, ladies and gentlemen, and as we always like to begin the show, I always begin the show with this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So today's show is all about our health. And if you didn't know, the month of March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. Yes, National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. So I would like for you to make sure you are observing this month and taking care of yourself every single month. And for the beginning, let's kick this off. First of all, what is colorectal cancer? Well, colorectal cancer refers to cancer in the colon or rectum or both. Many people have been diagnosed with this uh, cancer and it's very treatable, in fact, preventable. There are some things that you should do. So the colon is part of the large intestine or large bowel. The rectum is the passageway that connects the colon to the anus. Most colorectal cancers develop first as polyps, which are abnormal growths inside the colon or rectum that may later become cancerous if they are not removed. So it is my objective, my mission today to educate my listeners about colorectal cancer or colon cancer and that it is my prayer that I will help to prevent cancers in many of my listeners. Now colorectal cancer also colon of the cancer colon cancer of the colon or rectum is very treatable as i said when it is discovered early even if it spreads into nearby lymph nodes surgical treatment followed by chemotherapy is very effective in the most advanced cases when the cancer has spread to the liver lungs or other sites treatment can often make surgery an option make it an option and can prolong and add to quality of life. Research is constantly being done to learn more and provide hope for people in all colorectal cancer stages. Now, uh, Mr. Bozeman, Chadwick Bozeman, who was the star of the famous movie that we all watched and uh, loved, The Black Panther, he was diagnosed with colorectal cancer and did not realize that it has spread rapidly until it was 
in the third stages and then finally it went to stage four cancer and he succumbed he succumbed to that illness and um and we lost a really really wonderful actor at such a young age so again it is my uh it's my hope and prayer that this show will help people to understand to go and get yourself checked out if you have symptoms and don't even wait until you have symptoms just get regular colorectal exams colorectal why because colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer in the u.s and the second leading cause of cancer death it affects men and women of all racial and eth ethnic groups and is most often found in people 50 years or older however Incidence in those younger than 50 is on the rise. The disease takes the lives of more than 50,000 people every year. And we're here, I'm here, to educate people on how to prevent this disease and lower that statistic. Now, I'll share some personal information with you. Uh, my grandmother, as a matter of fact, she was years ago, uh, God rest her soul, years ago diagnosed with colon cancer and back when she was diagnosed they had a different procedure but they had to remove uh, a large portion of her uh, colon and other uh, intestinal and parts of her intestine um, and she had what was called a colostomy uh, bag that she had uh, to use and so since that means what that means is that cancer runs in my family that type of cancer so that means that i and my family members because of my grandmother's history should be getting regular color colorectal treatments uh, examinations i should say regular examinations to look for any types of polyps that may be cancerous those polyps can be removed if they uh, continue to stay in your colon and grow then that's when they turn into cancer but polyps are very common it's not uncommon just because you have a polyp does not mean you have cancer they remove those polyps and they examine those polyps to see if they're cancerous but the fact is they need to remove them anyway and uh, so that's what is done when you have a colonoscopy so I'm going to tell you some more information about this because colon cancer like i said can be caught in time before you even have symptoms but i want to share with you some of the symptoms and i know you may be asking me well what are some of the symptoms so colorectal cancer again colon in the cancer in the colon or rectum first develops with few if any symptoms so that's one thing you need to know be proactive and talk to your doctor do any of the following scenarios apply to you number one have you seen a change in your bowel movements this includes intermittent or constant diarrhea and or constipation a change in the consistency of your stool or more narrow stools than usual. Do you have persistent 
persistent abdominal discomfort. This can present as cramps, gas or pain or bleeding, uh, or feeling full, I should say, gas or pain and or feeling full, bloated, or a feeling like your bowel is not completely empty. Nausea and vomiting can also be a symptom. Do you have rectal bleeding? Is there blood in your stool? The blood can be bright red or the stool may be black and tarry or brick red. Do you feel weak or fatigued? This may be accompanied by anemia or a low red blood cell count. If you're losing weight for no reason, no known reason, nausea or vomiting, then it could be a symptom of colorectal cancer. And I say it could be. That's why it's very important that if you have symptoms, first of all, don't don't uh, just shove it over, shove it under the rug and act like it, it's not happening. Uh, because like I said, you can and you should be getting to the doctor and having your regular colonoscopies done more regularly if colon cancer runs in your family. So you may ask, okay, what if I'm having symptoms? When should I see a doctor? Of course, earlier is always better. Colon and rectal cancer symptoms can also be associated with many other health conditions. And only a medical professional can determine the cause of your symptoms. So some people just rush to say, oh my God, I have cancer, I have cancer. Well, maybe you don't have cancer. There are many other uh, conditions that mimic these type of symptoms that it, they're not cancer. So since the early signs of cancer often do not include pain, is it, it is important not to wait and see your doctor soon. Remember, early detection can save your life. Now, when it comes to colorectal cancer, the most common symptom is, remember, no symptom, which is why we call it the silent killer. If you're 50, average risk, get screened. Tomorrow can't wait. Now, I'm going to tell you another story about a friend of mine who about two years ago called me and told me that he was diagnosed with colon cancer, had to undergo surgery. He was a meat eater, not only a meat eater, but a barbecue, barbecuing meat eater. His thing, especially all throughout the summer, even into the fall, the spring, the summer and fall, was to get outside, get that grill fired up, put on some steaks and hamburgers and hot dogs and invite the family over and just have a meat feast pretty much. But guess what? Red meat, especially red meat and even just too much meat can lead to colon cancer. It blocks the colon. It is hard to digest especially these red meats, they sit in the intestinal tract for days and days and weeks, even months. And those things in your uh, intestine, especially the pork, they start to rot inside your body. 
And that's not a good thing. Over time, not right away, but after many years of torturing your body and, and eating not enough fruits and vegetables, but just eating too many meats, too many, too much sugar, too many uh, negative things that are not good for you, eating foods that have additives and preservatives and all types of chemicals that are not good for your body, the liver cannot eliminate and the intestines do not like, and that food is rot rotting in your intestines and causing may cause colon cancer. So I advise you to take heed. Take heed. Again, if you know of any of your relatives and friends who have not, and if you have not received uh, have not had a recent colonoscopy done, you have not been screened, you have not talked to your doctor about your symptoms, now is the time to do that. Now, not later, but now. So here are the stage stages of diagnosis. Let's see. Um, the process used to find out if cancer has spread within the colon, rectum, rectum or to other parts of the body is called staging. Staging is important because it helps determine the best treatment plan. So let's talk about staging. First of all, stage zero. This is the earliest stage possible. Um, cancer hasn't moved from where it started. It's still restricted to the innermost lining of the colon. Stage zero is also called carcinoma in situ, S-I-T-U. Stage one, cancer has begun to, to spread, but is still in the inner lining. Stage one is also called Duke's A colon cancer. Now we move on to stage three. Many of these cancers have grown through the wall of the colon and may extend into nearby tissues. This is stage two. They have not yet spread to the lymph nodes. Stage two is also called Duke's B colon cancer. Now we move on from stage two to stage three. Stage three colon cancer means it has spread to lymph nodes but has not been carried to distant parts of the body. Stage three is also called Duke's C, the letter C colon cancer. And finally, we move on to stage four. Stage four cancer has been carried through the lymph, sim through the lymph system to distance, distant parts of the body, most commonly the lungs and the liver. This is known as metastasize or metastasis. Stage four is also called Duke D colon cancer. So as you, you can see, there are many stages that once you are diagnosed with the cancer um, that the body goes through and the earlier you are detected, the quicker it will be able to be caught, treated, and you will be able to uh, be in remission or they will have be able to get all the cancer. And of course, you'll be monitored for years and have to come back um, and have even more frequent frequent. Uh, checkups from your doctor. So staging for colon cancer. Um, 
So stage zero and stage zero abnormal cells are found in the innermost lining of the colon. These abnormal cells may become cancer and spread into nearby normal tissue. Stage zero is also called carcinoma in situ. Again, uh, as we had discussed earlier. So there are different things that happen as the uh, stages, as you go through the various stages how it spread the different layers and everything i'm not going to go into all of that today but i believe i have shown you uh from what i've discussed thus far what it means colon cancer or colorectal cancer and how it is how important it is that we uh, take action right away and get our regular checkups so you may be asking some important questions as we move along. Um, how does screening save lives? Well, first of all, screening for colorectal cancer works in two ways. One, by finding cancers early when treatment is most effective. And two, by finding growths, those polyps inside the colon and removing them before they become cancer. So you ask, if screening works, why aren't more people doing it? Good question. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, only one in three adults who need to be screened are actually doing it. Why so few? There are many reasons, including insurance coverage and paying for the test, fears about the test or preparation. A primary care doctor hasn't suggested it. Please be your own advocate and know your options. And for, eh, I'm too busy, don't think they have time, please don't let any of this be you. Next, you may ask, why remove polyps if you don't have cancer? Good, another wonderful question. Well, polyps are growths that may turn into colorectal cancer over time. While not every polyp turns to cancer, it is difficult to know which ones will. Also, almost every colorectal cancer begins as a small, non-cancerous polyp. The good news is that during colonoscopy, these polyps can be identified and removed, preventing a possible colorectal cancer diagnosis. If a polyp is large enough, tissue can be taken and sent for biopsy to determine the exact type of polyp. You may ask, why does the type of polyp matter? Well, not all polyps are created, created equal. There are four types of polyps that commonly occur within the colon and the rectum. One is an inflammatory polyp or most often are most often found in patients with ulcers ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, often called suedo or suedo false polyps. They are not true polyps, but just a reaction to chronic inflammation of the colon wall. They are not the type that turns to cancer. They are usually biopsied to verify type. Hyperplastic. Hyperplastic polyps are common, usually very small and often found in the rectum. They are considered to be low risk for cancer. Tubular edema or edematosis polyps. 
These are the most common type of polyp and are the ones referred to most often when a doctor speaks of colon or rectal polyps. About 70% of polyps removed are of this type. Adenomas carry a definite cancer risk that rises as the polyp grows larger. Excuse me. Patients with a history of edematosus, edematosus polyps must be periodically examined. And then there's a villus edema or tubulovillus edemas. Villus and tubulovillus edema polyps account for about 15% of the polyps that are removed. These are the most serious types of polyps with a very high risk, cancer risk as they grow larger. Um, so what are your options for screening? That's another question. Well, we're glad to that you asked that. <laughs> yes, I am glad you asked that. Although colon, uh, colonoscopy is the most well-known test, you have many options when it comes to getting checked. Visit your screening methods and talk to your doctor about finding a test that's right for you. What can you do if you can't afford to pay for a screening test or the cost associated with screening? Well, it is important to be aware that under the Affordable Care Act, screening colonoscopies are covered as a preventative measure for average risk populations with insurance. We recommend talking to your doctor, insurance provider, or local gastroenterologist to learn more about your coverage and financial assistance options that you may have. Um, if you are unable to pay for a screening uh, check, uh, screening test, check out Blue Hope Financial Assistance Program. Blue Hope Financial Assistance Program. So there are screening resources um, to help you find federally funded or low-cost screening resources if you are uninsured. And how can you find a screening facility or surgeon? Well, please visit your screening resources um, and talk to your doctor, your uh, primary care doctor who will refer you. And who should you contact if you still have questions about colon cancer screening? Well, if you have questions about specific screening tests, who should be screened and when, or anything else related to colon cancer screening, I encourage you to talk with your doctor or call toll, this toll-free helpline. And it is 1-877-422-422. 2030. Again, toll free 1 877 422 2030. So, we're, uh, we have a few more minutes to talk about some other ways that um, I can help you this, this uh, morning. And so, what else should you know about um, colon cancer and colon screening? Um, Let's talk about uh, let's talk about maybe your family history, um, and then we're going to talk about managing the disease. 
Okay, so let's talk about, should we talk about your families first? Family history. Let's talk about the family history. So do you know your family history? Everyone should know their family history. As I just um, spoke to you earlier and shared some of my personal health background that my grandmother uh, had been diagnosed with colorectal cancer many years ago. So it is important that you know your family history. Ask if you had, don't know, ask, well, was grandma, was she healthy? Was granddad healthy? Mom, have you had um, any type of serious conditions? Family history plays an important role in determining your cancer risk. About one in four colorectal cancer patients have a family history of colorectal cancer. Family history means any of the following are true. Number one, at least one immediate family member, parent, brother, sister, child was diagnosed under the age of 60. Two, multiple second degree relatives, grandparents, aunts, uncles, etc., were diagnosed with colorectal cancer or advanced polyps. This risk increases if diagnosed, if they were diagnosed before the age of 50. These genetic factors also increase your lifetime risk of being diagnosed, diagnosed with colorectal cancer. Next, you have a cluster of family members diagnosed with colorectal cancer, referred to as familial colorectal cancer. You inherit a harmful DNA mutation from a parent. Something else. This impacts approximately 5 to 7% of all colorectal patients. And if family history increases your risk, your doctor will recommend earlier and more frequent, frequent screening. People with a family history of cancer should get screened at age 40 or 10 years before the youngest case in your immediate family, whichever is earlier. So take, so talk to your family. Don't be afraid. Don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. Talk to your family and learn your family history. Then share that information with your doctor. So if you want to learn more, there is a test that you can take. And this is a, gen a genetic risk te test. So I am just about at the end of the show. If you would like to be a guest or sponsor on Partners in Health and Biz, you can contact me, Gail Dixon McBride, at goldenvoicesunlimited at gmail.com. Please visit the website www.partnersinhealth.biz www.partnersinhealth.biz So I certainly hope you have enjoyed this show, ladies and gentlemen. And as I always say, until next Saturday, everyone, stay, stay healthy and business savvy. Have a wonderful weekend and I look forward to speaking with you 
as I talk to you, <laughs> I look forward to speaking with you next Saturday. Ta-ta for now. Have a blessed day, everyone.